Revelation chapter 21 and the verse 25, I draw your attention to this morning. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And then chapter 22, verse 5, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light. There shall be no night there. That's the title this morning of the sermon. And they're based on these texts of scripture that I read. No night there. And this is the Bible's way when it says here there shall be no night there. This is the Bible's way of telling us what heaven is like. What the inheritance that the saints are to enjoy in the new heavens and on earth. And indeed, what the souls of saints departed are now enjoying. This is the Bible's way of describing it. There shall be no night there. You see, describing heaven isn't an easy thing. Heaven and the glory of the departed is indescribable. It's like another world. It's like another dimension. How can you possibly describe another dimension? No words can be found. And so generally prophets and apostles, they felt that, the indescribable nature of the inheritance. And their their descriptions are brief, usually just saying there are some things on earth that are not in heaven. And one of those things is night. We all know about night on earth. We have it every day in night. We always go into the darkness every day. But heaven is, is a place where there's no night, none whatsoever. That's maybe a simple description. But that's really all we are able to understand and take in. I have not seen, the Bible says itself. Neither hath it entered into the heart of man. Man hasn't heard it. It's, it can't be heard. can't be said. can't be described. What God has prepared for them that love him. And as I've said in the past, Paul's favorite way to describe the great future of Christians is in one word. Glory. Glory. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, the now, the night of the now, I reckon that the sufferings of now are not worthy to be compared with the glory, the glory that shall be revealed. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. In glory. What is glory? Glory is a place, a realm, where there is no night. Just glory. Just brightness of glory. And no night. So that's what we want to consider this morning. 
Now, the reason that there is no night there is revealed. It's mentioned in our text, in in the chapters that we read there. It's not just because literal night has ended, the physical night is over. It's not just because of that. It's not just because somehow the earth no longer rotates or the sun no longer rises and sets. It's not about anything physical. Uh, Whenever the the Bible is using this, it's using a metaphor, a picture. Now, I, I don't know how the new earth will function, but I know this, that in that glory, the night is gone. Gone for good and gone forever. And the reason is quite simple. Because the Lord is the everlasting light of his people. And he's dwelling with them and they're dwelling with him. And because his dwelling is with man now, there is no night. There could possibly be no night, no darkness. Man with God and God with men. Emmanuel, God with us having raised us to his glory. So verse 23 of Revelation 21 says, The city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So his everlasting presence banishes night. It has to. God is in the midst of her. There is no more night. And so we read, it has the glory of God and his light. There shall be no night there, no need of a candle, for the Lord God giveth them light. So this is the reason why there's no night, because of the presence of God and Dwelling with God. And and what is heaven? Heaven is with Christ. Whatever else it is, it's with Christ. And he's late. And night is banished. What did old Simeon say? That man who was so filled of the Holy Spirit. What did he say when he held the Christ child? He got a glimpse of the glory. The everlasting glory. And he said, as he held the Christ child, he said, A light to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. He's the one who will bring them into the everlasting light and glory. That little child in his arms. That's what the Holy Spirit says at the start of the gospel. And at the end of the New Testament. We read, no night there, the Lamb is the light thereof. And that means endless light, unceasing light, light that never goes, never departs. You know, we like long days, don't we, on, in our summer? And those people in the north in the, in the winter time, they, they dread the winter because it's nearly all a long night. We don't like nights. Nights are not a pleasant thing. Light is sweet, the Bible says. Light is warmth. Light is radiance. Light is glorious. Light is comforting. Light is life. And that's what heaven is like. 
this radiance, this warmth, this glory, this comfort, this life, abundant, endless, this healing that never brings sickness again. This is a wonderful place, heaven. Whenever God says there's no night there, he is meaning something more than just physical. It's a metaphor and an image that tells us that not only is the darkness of the night banished, but everything that is associated with the night, everything that is identified with the night, and there are terrible things that are associated with the night in the Bible, and the Lord is saying all of those things are banished, all of those things are gone. No night. Well, what is darkness and night Teach us in the Bible. What is there about night that we don't like? Well, night is a picture of ignorance and darkness and blindness. In the night you can't see, you can't read in the night, you can't get knowledge in the night, you don't see people's actions, Maybe robbers around the house. Maybe people lurking in the, in the street outside. You, you don't know. You can't see. There's an ignorance in the night. A far greater ignorance in the night than in the day. And whenever the Bible says no night there. It means it's now a place of knowledge. Ignorance has gone. Error and misunderstanding is over. Now we are in a place where there is no mistakes made because of lack of knowledge. It is the light of knowing. It is the light of seeing. It is the light of understanding and comprehending. In heaven, God's people know. And the ignorance is gone. We see through a glass darkly now. We have the Bible. We thank God for the Bible. The world is a world of darkness and ignorance. And people are in darkness. And, you know, there are professors in the universities and they think they have understanding and light, but they reject the Bible and they reject the light and they don't have understanding. It's an ignorance today in the world, but the people of God have the Word and we have been given an understanding. Knowledge. Knowledge enough to be saved. It is still a limited knowledge. We see through a glass darkly. We don't see perfectly. We don't see clearly. As the apostle says, now we see through a glass darkly. In this world, now, in this world of darkness, in this world of night, we have the window of Holy Scripture, but we're still looking into a darkly glass. But then, face to face, no darkly glass between, no shadows, no uh, dullness, no night, face to face. Now, Paul says, I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. 
There's a knowledge then. Those who go to heaven see God. And seeing God, there is imparted all the knowledge that is unknown on this earth. A new knowledge. Now we have the, we have the foundation of it in scriptures. But with the knowledge of our Bible and we see the Lord face to face, it just opens out and it's seen as never before. We have understanding then. We know then this world is a dark place and there are things we just don't see and understand. We, we can't comprehend the ways of God, how God deals with us. We often say, well, why does God bring me by that path? And why does God allow me to go through this? And we have no answers because it's night. We can't see. We can't see and comprehend the ways of God. We feel the pain. We hear the noise, but we don't see. But then when the night is gone, we see and it's all clear. Remember how the Lord Jesus said, what I do thou knowest not now. You couldn't possibly know now. There's a darkness. But thou shalt know hereafter. And so we, we know then as we're known. The night of ignorance is gone. And then there is the night of sin isn't there? Men love darkness rather than light because of their sin. And sin is associated with darkness and sin is associated with night. And when it says there's no night there, it's very definitely saying there's no sin. There's no sin in heaven. Night has come upon this earth with the fall of man in, in a greater way than the physical night that comes in God's creation. Sin has brought night on the earth. But whenever the soul enters into heaven, the night has passed, the night is gone, and it's now the day has come. And it's an everlasting day. And what a day it is. And this is one of the first things that the child of God becomes conscious of. That the sin problem has gone. Completely. Even now Christians struggle with sin. Every day. The end of the day. At night time, what do we have to do? We come into the night. What do we have to do at the end of the day as our Lord taught us? Forgive us our sins. Give us this day our daily bread. But also daily, forgive us our daily sins. Every day, because there's the night of sin still. But in that land of light, there is no evening confession. There is no coming to the end of the day and the remainder of the night that we have to confess our sins at the end once again. No, none of that in heaven. No confession at the end of the day. No saying sorry to the Lord for our sins. No asking for cleansing anymore because the night of sin that has long reigned on the, on the earth and in the lives even of believers has gone. There's no night of sin there. No lust. No anger. No jealousy. No bitterness of heart. No revengeful thoughts. No pride. 
No vain, foolish thoughts. All is pure. All is holy. The heart is pure. The company is pure. God and the angels and the church triumphant. The whole atmosphere is an atmosphere of purity. No night, because no impurity, no sin. It is God's holy mountain, the Bible says. It is the place of the undefiled. The very atmosphere is an atmosphere of pure light. Where there's no sin. And then there's no night of battle and conflict there. You know, very much of the warfare that goes on, goes on at night. The ambushes, the assaults, the surprise attacks. Night is a time of warfare and battle and strife. There's no Satan there. There's no warfare there. There's no struggle there. There's no ambushes there. There's no snares laid in the darkness. There's no enemy there. And there's no need for watchfulness. The watchman in the Bible is particularly a man who watches at night. Watchman, what of the night? How long of the night is left? How many hours of the night are to go before the morning? So the watchman, the preacher of the word, is a preacher in the night. But in heaven there are no need for preachers. There are no need for watchmen. There is no need for watchfulness and vigilance. Because there's no night. Of all the preachers of God who now are there, it would be most foolish of all to ask them again, what of the night? What of the night? What night? There's night no more. Do you not know there's night no more? That's what we told you about on earth, that when we get into heaven, there shall be night no more. And so there is... No struggle, no forces of darkness, no watchmen to warn us and exhort us, but all worship God without fear and perfect liberty. The lion who goes about seeking whom he may devour, the Bible says, no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go thereon. It shall not be found there. The redeemed shall walk there unmolested, for there's no night there. All the ungodly have been cast out. There are no lurkers about anymore in the society of the saints. No treacherous people working their works of darkness concealed in the night, waiting to rob us in the darkness of the evening. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. All the dark has gone and all the night is gone and all the people of darkness have gone too. Without our dogs or mongers, murderers, adulterers and whosoever makes and loves lies. 
All the works of darkness have gone. No night there. Not even a, a shred of it. And thus there's no danger there. Night is associated with danger, isn't it? I think it's true to say that most people die in the night. In the darkness. And this is the stress by the Bible. Because you notice in the context of that word, there shall be no night there. There's a little word for. For there shall be no night there. And it's joining to what goes before. And what, what is before that? The gates of it shall not be shut at all. They don't have to shut the gates of heaven. There are no locked doors in the new heaven and the new earth. Why? For there is no night there. I suppose we all lock our doors now, even during the day, things are that bad. But certainly at night time, we, we lock our doors, don't we? We lock our doors at night. We have to. Night's a time of danger. Night's a time of vulnerability. But in heaven, the doors aren't locked. The doors aren't shut. Because there's, there's no night there. Perfectly safe. It's the Lord's way of telling us that they're safe and secure. Eternally safe and secure. The devil's not going to break in. No one's going to lurk about to cause harm. The Bible talks about the terror by night. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. God's people on earth, they have to have the Lord. So they're not afraid of the terror by night. They need the word to help them. So they're not afraid of the terror by night. But in heaven, they don't have to be told that. Because there is no night. And therefore, there'll never be terror to them. The saints of God are never filled with apprehensions and with fears and dreads. As we are now, we have doubts and fears and dreads. And you know what it's like. It's night, you see. But no fears and dreads and apprehensions then because no night. And then night makes us think of weariness. Whenever we enter into their night, what are we? We're tired, we're exhausted. The Bible says that at night deep sleep falls on men. Of course they're tired and exhausted. And night reminds us of tiredness and weariness. And you just need to, as it were, sleep and blot out your mind and rest your body from it all. So it, it tells us of tiredness. But heaven's not a place of tiredness. We don't need a night to rest. Heaven is rest. Heaven is rest itself. It's an endless rest. A rest without night. A rest that doesn't need a night. There's no night. Perfect rest in the light. Perfect rest in the day. They serve him day and night. Now that's a medical metaphorical expression. It doesn't mean that there is night there when it says they serve him day and night. It's just a metaphor to say that they serve him endlessly without being tired no, no fainting an endless day no lying down and slumbering no dozing off in the services of God in the worship of the Lord you never get tired in heaven brethren and sisters it is a life without night therefore it is a life without slumber without exhaustion and tiredness Life that needs no rest. 
life that is itself rest. And then there's a night of sorrow. Night is a time whenever you lay your head on the pillow. And the Bible talks about the pillow of tears, doesn't it? What does the psalmist say? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. Weeping endures for a night. So night is associated with sorrow, with brokenheartedness. The hymn puts it, long, long hath the night of sorrow reigned. It's a night of sorrow. There are sorrows in this world. And sorrows are like night in our experience. And at night we sit sorrowful. The company of the day, the activity of the day distracts the sorrow. But at night when you're on your own and when you're in the quietness and you can't sleep because of troubles in your mind and heart, then it's sorrow. Night is a time of sorrow. That's when we eat the bread of sorrows. But no sorrow then. It is a time of suffering in the night time. Very often. And this world is a night world because of sorrow. It's a baka, a veil of tears, a world of woe. Life is sorrow on this earth. I think the fact that whenever we're born into the world, what's the first thing we do? We cry. Born into the world and weeping, having heard the groans of a mother. That's some start, isn't it, in the world? That's telling you something I can tell you. That's why God ordained it so. So that you know when you come into this world, you're coming into a fallen world, you're coming into a dark world, you're coming into the night. You're born in troubles and tears and groans. And whenever we leave it, it's just the same. The groanings of the dying and the weeping of the mourner for the departed. From the birth to the tomb, at either end it is weeping and groaning and and tears and sorrow. It's one long night. And it seems to be that all in between is trouble too. Because the Bible says we're born unto trouble. But there, the night is over and gone. And it's the day now. And it's an everlasting day. An endless day of joy. And there's no death there as well. That's another thing, the night of death. God shall wipe away all tears and there'll be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. There are no sad departures anymore. There are no funerals there. There are no undertakers there. There are no shrouds there. There are no dark clothes and garments to wear, the night garments in the sorrow of bereavement. There's none of that there. It's a land of light and glory and radiance, of joy. So that's what it means when it says there shall be no night there. Well, what can I say about this then? What does this teach us? What does this have for our comfort? 
Or what does it have for our conscience? This knowledge that glory is a place where there's no night. Well, we know for a start in the light of this truth that those who have gone before and the dead in Christ are not dead. They have departed merely. They have gone before. Their bodies are in the grave and they have gone to a place where there is no night. And guess what? They wouldn't want to come back. Who wants to come back to the night? They abide in perpetual day and radiance of God. And they wouldn't leave it. They're perfectly happy and perfectly blessed. And they will not come to us. Not only because it is forbidden. But because they would not desire such a thing. They wait the day of the end. Whenever they shall all come together. To receive. As the one church of Jesus Christ. Their resurrected bodies. And reign with him in glory. Forever and ever. They won't leave heaven until then. And this tells us how good God is. What he has prepared for them that love him. You know God is marvelously good. That he has created a a redeemed humanity. To give eternal delight and joy to and himself to and to have them as a, in his presence as his sons and daughters. You know, God is so good to do that. To desire to do that. How good he is. How great is his heart. And then I have to say, of course, that this is only for Christians, this hope. The Christians only enjoy this. And they enjoy this and have the promise of this. Through grace alone. Through Jesus Christ alone. Through the cross work alone. They have it because of Christ. The nations that walk therein. And that will walk in the light of this as the Bible says. They are called the nations of them. Which are saved. It's only the saved. That walk in the light of it. It's only the saved who have the endless day in glory. And night no more. It's only the saved. It's only the redeemed. It's only those who are in Christ. Who have the light of the world in their life. Who have received and embraced him as that light. And are joined to the light. Because Christ is their light. They are predestinated to have no night in Christ. Only for the saved. And I have to stress that. It's, it's not for the whole human race and all men without exception. There are men who have died in darkness and the rejection of Jesus Christ who have rejected the light. It's only the redeemed that walk in this. And the Bible says that time and time again. Especially Isaiah. He's full of metaphor to describe this glorious future for the saints. 
The redeemed shall walk therein. Nobody else. Just the redeemed. Them that are redeemed by blood. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. And come with singing unto Zion. Just the redeemed. The everlasting joy shall be upon their head. Only their head. The redeemed of the Lord. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Just the redeemed. Only the redeemed. They shall call them the holy people. The redeemed of the Lord. A people who have been sought out. They were sought out by Christ. They were found by the Saviour. Only they walk therein and have no need. So this is just the hope of God's people. And it's because of Christ. Because he is the light of life and the the life of light. He is the light giver and the life bringer who banishes the night. He had to go through the night to do that too. And we can never forget that. Because we were in the night and in the darkness, doomed, doomed to it perpetually. But Christ came, the light came, and he came into the darkness. And the darkness did not consume him, but he scattered the darkness from his people. And he removed the night from them in his grace. You remember when he was on the cross, how this was so Remarkably brought out to us by God's providence. It was about the sixth hour. There was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. It was a night unspeakable in the day. And he died in that night and in that darkness. The sun was darkened, the Bible says. The veil of the temple rent in twain. He went into the presence of God, having scattered the darkness, and he brought his people into the perpetual light, where there is no night, no night, the light of God. You know, the the most holy place, it was darkness, naturally. There were no windows, there were no cracks in the curtains. The the curtains were so thick, especially the veil. But there was a Shekinah glory. The Lord in his glory. Illuminating the whole place. And that's a picture of heaven. No night. No darkness. God is the light thereof. And that's where Christ has brought us in in his death. And his sacrifice. If we're joined to him by faith. He brings us into the place where there is no need. This our Lord Jesus Christ does. And so there is not this certainty for the unsaved. I have to stress that too this morning. Without Christ men are lost. And in darkness. You see rejecting Christ. Men choose the night. Men, whenever they don't receive Christ, and when they don't come to the light, and when they don't seek a saviour, they're basically just saying, I I still want the night. I still want the darkness. 
I, I don't want the light. I don't want the endless day. Now men who say that will have that. An endless night without day. See, the unsaved have the opposite. In hell, there's no day there. No day there. Hell is outer darkness. Hell is night of nights. Hell is the blackness of darkness forever. The night that has gone from the redeemed has not gone from the unredeemed and the unregenerate. The men die in darkness and abide in it eternally. For they shall be cast, as Jesus said, into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble, a day of distress, a day of darkness, a day of gloominess, a day of thick darkness, a day of alarm and terror and dread and fear, the very opposite of heaven. All that is missing out of heaven because there's no night there is all present in hell because there is night there. Hell is a fearful place, men and women. People say foolishly, oh, I'll go to hell, my friends are all there, we'll still talk and get on. (laughs) They won't be nice to you there. There's no love there. Hell is a place of terror. A place where there are no policemen. No common grace. No some semblance of some kind of security. It's a dreadful place. You don't want to go there. So receive Christ. Don't reject him. Let us pray.